So there are some things um, that my wife really likes uh, that I'm just not interested in at all. I just, I just have no interest. Um, and there's some things that I really like, dare I say, that I'm even passionate about, and she has no interest at all. Um, and that's okay. There's certain shows that she watches. She's like, baby, you sure you don't want to watch this show? And I'm like, no, no, I'm sure Hallmark did a heck of a job in making that movie. Um, and, uh, but, but I just, you know, I, I just have no desire. And then, you know, when I'm, you know, buying Raider stuff for all my, for all, all my family and I'm like, but I don't buy her one. You know why? Cause it's a waste of money. Cause she ain't even gonna wear it. But you know, if I asked her to wear it, she'd wear it. Yeah, because she's a big sweetie. But, <laughs> but she has no interest. So today we're going to talk about some things that, that God is really interested in. And that he is super passionate about. And I'm just letting you know, we as, as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, we don't have the option to not be passionate about them. That's how passionate... God is, and Jesus loves his bride. Who's his bride? It's us. Women, you are the bride of Christ. Men, guess what you are? You're the bride of Christ. Just like, you know, women, you are sons of God, and men, you are sons of God. We, we get the inheritance. We're also the bride of Christ, and he cares about his bride. He cares about his church, and today we're going to be talking about gifts of the Spirit that, that he's given to his church for the sake of building up his church, for the sake of building up and strengthening his bride. And he really cares about them. So I want you to know, I'm not going to be reading optional passages of Scripture. I'm not going to read parts of Scripture where that you get to, it's not a buffet. You know, I really, I'm gonna, when you read about Mark, you know, Mark, when you read about about uh, love in 1 Corinthians 13. I'm really going to grab a hold of that because I can totally resonate with that. But when you read about, when you're in 1 Corinthians 12, before you get to 13, I, I think I'll just let others grab a hold. That's not what we get to do. We're the church, we're the bride. And he wants us equipped and he wants us mature. Okay, not just equipped, but he wants us mature. Um, it's good to leave immaturities behind. It's good to grow. Growing, sometimes you, you describe when you're growing, you say, I have growing blank. Sometimes you have growing pains. Sometimes, pain, sometimes growing isn't the most comfortable thing in the world. I recently had a friend challenge me on something and it took me, it probably took me two hours to text him and thank him. Even though I knew, but it, it stung. It was one of those challenges that stung. And it took about two hours and I texted him and I said, um, although it, it wounded my pride, I want you to know I completely receive what you gave me and thank you for loving me enough to give me that. That's a type of a growing pain. And you know what? As soon as I sent that text, guess, guess where that, that pain, that pride went? It was gone. It was gone. The minute I acknowledged it and said, hey, that, that, that's not, you know, God's wanting to teach me and grow me and he used the kindness of a friend to do so. So... Today, I'm, last week I preached on, on three of the gifts of the Spirit spoken about in 1 Corinthians 12. Um, 
If you didn't hear last week's message, please go back and listen to last, last week's message. Uh, it was it was fantastic. This week, my plan was to go through six gifts. And the reason was because I'm stubborn. Um, and I wanted to be, <laughs> I wanted to get all six done because Andy's supposed to preach next week. Andy, you ain't preaching next week. And, and I, I, that even that bothers me. Even that like, like ruffles my pride a little because I'm like, oh, that means that... Oh, that means I'm not organized. Actually, what it means is I'm obedient. And when the Lord tells me, push aside your agenda and trust me, then that's exactly what we do. So check this out. This is really cool. And I didn't realize this and I didn't plan this. And I'm being totally honest with you, did not plan this. Um, Right after Mother's Day, we started talking about the Holy Spirit. Every week, every one of our messages was about the Holy Spirit. And I want to say that was that Mother's Day was on May 10th, and so this was May 17th. And we talked about a different trait or characteristic or, or facet of the Holy Spirit, and it's just been wonderful. So in me wanting to end this series, if you will, this week, I, I just I felt the prompting of the Lord to go back and look at the date of when we started. And it was May 17th. And so this is the seventh week and next week will be the eighth week. And I believe we'll end this series on the eighth week. Now, here's another one of those things that God really cares about that I don't know that we care as much about, but God is really into numbers. Like he cares about numbers. Like there's certain numbers that have meaning to him. And eight is one of those numbers. Eight represents new beginnings. And I think it's awesome that we're going to end this series at a time when the Lord wants to bring about new beginnings. And and let's not think small on this, not just in Impact Rock Church, but in our areas of influence where we get to tell people about Jesus. He wants to bring about new beginnings. And so uh, I'm very excited. Um, In talking about these these 1 Corinthians 12, these nine gifts, we, we broke them down. We segmented them into three categories just for the sake of, of learning these. Um, and, and here's what the labels we put on them. Last week we talked about the discerning gifts and those were word of wisdom, word of knowledge and discerning of spirits. And so we, we're using alliteration because alliteration is so much fun. Actually, alliteration is a fantastic way to learn and to remember. So we're using it. So D, we talked about the discerning gifts Today, we're going to talk about the declarative gifts, and they are prophecy, different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And then next week, we're going to talk about the dynamic gifts, or the dynamite gifts, um, which are gifts of faith, a gift of faith, gifts of healings, and working of miracles. And so those we'll talk about next week. So today... We're going to talk about the declarative gifts. So the Holy Spirit, he gives a set of spiritual gifts to believers that some people call the vocal gifts because these gifts, um, they, they concern us speaking things out. And as we explored last week, the discerning gifts, they involve a supernatural downloading of information to the mind from God which allows us to know something that we would not know by natural means. And that's what we talked about last week. The declarative gifts each involve a form of declaration, of declaring divine truth 
and supernatural message. So let's take a fresh look at that section of Paul's list. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 10. Uh, he says that the Holy Spirit gives. He says, to another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. So here we see three unique and wonderful gifts. Prophecy, which we saw in abundance this morning. Praise God for that. Various tongues and interpretation of tongues. So let's just take a brief look at each of these. So prophecy. And, and let me go ahead and add like a, like a, uh, a descriptor. So we're going to look at prophecy. And the descriptor is prophetic messages of encouragement. Prophetic messages of encouragement. When some people hear the word prophecy, they immediately think of uh, predicting the future. And you know what? There is an aspect of the prophetic that has that aspect. But that by no means is the majority of what the prophetic is. A word of prophecy can certainly be used to speak something toward, you know, to us that, that's, that lies ahead. But when the Bible speaks about a word of prophecy, it simply means a message of encouragement from God delivered through a human vessel to another person or persons. That's what the large majority of, of the use of this prophetic gift, it's to encourage, it's to edify, it's to uplift, it's to exhort. And God uses men and women to bring encouragement to people. First, a word of prophecy is a message of encouragement, not discouragement, not correction, not rebuke. I'll tell you this right now. If correction or rebuke has to be done at Impact Rock Church, it will be done either through myself or Andy, the elders of this house. It will not be from a word that comes forth on the microphone. And I promise you this, it's, I can't even imagine a scenario where that kind of word comes forth as this public shaming thing. I can't even imagine that. It'll be done in love. It'll be done not to shame somebody. It'll be done in private. And I promise you this, if God has a word of correction for you, the only way that it's going to be something that, that a rebuke that comes against you is if you are so hard-headed that you refuse to listen and obey and respond to God. In 1 Corinthians 14.3, Paul provides the threefold role of prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14.3. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. So for those of you who pride yourselves as Bible scholarship scholars, which I do, I'm growing and knowing the, the word, I challenge you. I challenge you. Find me a New Testament use of prophecy that uh, is discouraging or that is corrective or, or rebuking and that is judgmental. And I'm just letting you know you're not going to find it. You're not going to find it in the New Testament. But I challenge you to look because some of you are stubborn and you got to know for yourself. You got and, and God bless you, do that. Find out for yourself. So a great way to test the validity of a, of a prophetic word is to ask, did that word of prophecy bring edification? 
did that word of prophecy bring exhortation or comfort to the hearer? So let me ask you. So, so Debbie started off the morning being, being obedient to a word that the Lord had given her that she had been carrying for a week. So when she brought that word, that was a prophetic word. Did that, what are, what are the three words I had? Did that edify you? Did that, did that bring exhortation to you? Did that comfort you? Okay. I even believe that the scripture that Marie shared out of Romans, I believe that was even out of a a prophetic stirring. Did that have the same response? Did it edify and uplift and exhort and comfort you? Okay, then Chris came up and Christine came up and then at the end, end, I circled back on those things. What was the result of those things? Edification, comfort, exhortation, encouragement. You know what encouragement means, right? To push courage into. That's the prophetic. I wish I could, I, I think it'd be cheesy. I thought about doing this and it'd be cheesy, so we're not going to do this. But I wanted to be like, like do like an Animal House type vow, like I state your name, I state your name. Um, and then I was going to be like, you know, refuse to make the prophetic a weird thing. Refuse to be freaked out by the word prophetic. Okay, it's God cares about this because he cares about his church. So let's not get freaked out about things that God cares about, not if we believe he's a good God. So you're telling me that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but would have eternal life. You're telling me that good, good father is not going to give us snakes and scorpions? As gifts? No. The gift of prophecy is among the highest and most important of all the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. And here's how I say that. Why I say that? Because 1 Corinthians 12 is all about Paul bringing order to the church that had a lot of chaos and a lot of confusion and a fair amount of rebellion. And so... There were letters written to Paul going, what about this and what about this? And can you speak into this? And can you address this? And can you, can you talk about this? And so Paul responds and he goes, well, okay, you wrote about this. So concerning that, blah, blah, blah. And regarding this, blah, blah, blah. So this is Paul's response to, to the SOS that the church in Corinth sent out saying, help, our services are totally chaotic. Paul says, okay, I'll bring some structure. So that's what that is. In 1 Corinthians 14.1, Paul says this. He says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you might, what? Prophesy. Why? Because it builds up the church. It builds up the church. Now, here's what's cool, and our God is so generous. He, he gives corporate gifts to us to be used in our setting that will build up the church. But he also gives graces and blessings and gifts to us individually that will build us up individually. We're going we're to see that in just a second. So Paul says that it's good to want the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. They're all wonderful. They're all exciting. And they all benefit the body of Christ but we are to especially desire to operate in the gift of prophecy. So see that, Kara, can you just lift that microphone up? 
Okay, you see that microphone, guys? It's there every week. Why do you think it's there every week? So that people can prophesy, so that people can get up and encourage the church and edify the church. And sometimes it's through the prophetic gift of the Spirit, and sometimes it might be through another gift of the Spirit. But that, that, that mic is there because we make room in our service to yield our agenda because it ain't our service. It ain't my service. This ain't my church. This is his church, and this is his service. And we say, your will be done when we come in here, and we say, your will be done when we leave this place. And so we make room in this service so that, the, so that you guys, so that me, so that all of us can be edified and encouraged and inspired by our God, right? Yeah. Okay, I, I think I've made that point really clear. Good. I'll say this. Scripture won't, it wouldn't exhort all of us to desire the gift of prophecy if it wasn't available to all of us. I'm just letting you know. He wouldn't exhort all of us to desire this, especially targeting prophecy, if it wasn't available to all of us. So I want to say this. Um, when Christine comes up and she says she has a word, um, I don't even ask her what the word is anymore because she has shown herself, tried and true, to be um, someone who hears from the Lord and, and just resonates the heart of God. And so I trust what she's going to say. And, and she's earned that place of trust from for nine years of, of giving words that... That I've never had to correct her and say, you shouldn't have rebuked David from the, that was horrible. Why did you do that? I mean, never. It's always been, she's reflecting the heart of God. So I want you guys to know that like, if you came forward, here, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, now tell me the word. Tell me what the Lord's speaking to you. And, and you're going to tell me and I'm going to go, that's right on. And then I'm probably going to say something like this. That when you said this part right here, that's the heart of what God's speaking. I'm just letting you know that right there, that's the heart. Don't over, don't gloss over that. That's the thing that everyone needs to hear. Okay. So in everything you say, make sure you say that and don't go on some tangent talking about anything else you didn't tell me about. Tell me just the thing you just said, because that's good. And that's going to encourage the church. And so then you're going to go, okay, I just got confirmation from Mark. Mark just gave me the thumbs up. He, he has confidence in me. And then we're going to find a room I'm going to get, or Andy, if, if he's leading the service, whoever's leading the service is going to get the worship leader's attention. You don't have to do that. We'll get the worship leader's attention. And Maria will give, us, give the nod. And then we turn that thing on and you turn around and you share the message. And the result is you just, you just encouraged and edified and represented your father in those words. So I just, that's my commercial. I encourage all of you guys, desire this, but don't just desire it. Step out in it. Step out in it, operate in it because it's within you. It's within you. That brings us to the next of the declarative gifts, the wonderful gift of tongues. This is the one that we've made weird. And I just let you know it's not weird. I know. And it's no accident that Satan seems to oppose this one the most. The devil works overtime to sow doubt and confusion and fear regarding, I think, the gifts of the Spirit in general, but I think tongues specifically. Here's the most important thing we need to know about tongues. It's from God, so it's good. It's from God, so it's good. We don't have to fear it. All of the gifts that God gives us, he then gives us the choice to operate in those gifts. The Holy Spirit does not 
possess us and take over our bodily and mental and verbal capacities and functions and make us do something we don't want to do. God says, hey, I want you to speak this word, this prophetic word. Okay, um, will you do it? And she gets to say, yes, no, maybe, or not now. (laughs) Right? She gets to dialogue with her God. And even if she says no, God's like, okay, tell me why. And then God just opens up dialogue with her. And she's like, well, because I'm nervous. Right? And then then her and her God get to have a a conversation and he builds her up. And he says, okay, he goes, there'll be other times. There'll be other times. Let's talk more about this. Same thing with tongues. If you guys think that all of a sudden you're going to like be in a restaurant or you're going to be like in a business meeting, you're going to be in like a teleconference with your boss and you're going to break out in tongues. It does not happen that way. It doesn't happen that way. Thank God. I mean, it's... So many people fail to recognize the difference between the gift of tongues, which the Holy Spirit bestows on certain occasions, distributing it as he wills, and the prayer language that believers receive when they are baptized in the Holy Spirit, whether they activate it or not, they got it. Whether they realize it or not, they got it because it's a gift to build you up personally. You get when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and there's a difference in those gifts. One gift is to build up the church. The gift of tongues, Paul says it, is to build up the church. It's in our corporate setting. It's meant to point us to Jesus and, and build up the church. The other is meant to build you up. And here's, I'll show you a couple of scriptures that show this. So when I talk about praying in the spirit or your heavenly language or praying in tongues, they're all the same things. And this is what's talked about in Jude chapter one, verse 20. So in Jude one, verse 20 and and part of 21, he says, but you beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. So that heavenly language is meant to build you up. It can be done in the shower. It can be done while driving. It can be done last things you say before going to bed. It can be the first things you say in the morning. It can be done at any time and it builds you up. But you know what? It also equips and protects. So we, we all talk about putting on the full armor of God, Right? And we like, to, we like to, you know, talk about the ones that we can like visualize. The sword, the shield, the helmet, breastplate. Listen to how it's closed out in talking in Ephesians 6, talking about the gifts of the spirit. So in Ephesians 6, 10 and 11 says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. I love that. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Not yours, not mine. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. You got it, Lord. Let me put it on. Verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. So I'm letting you know your heavenly language, it... It builds you up, it protects, and it equips. And I'll say this, 99.9% of the times when I'm praying in the Spirit, no one else knows. 
Because honestly, it ain't about nobody else. It's about me building myself up in the Lord. It's about me and God. It's in the car. It's in the bed. It's, I mean, honestly, I, I imagine most nights it's the, the last syllables on my lips are, are me praying in the spirit. It's in the shower. It's while I'm reading. It's if I'm trying, I know there's something to be found in the scripture and I don't know what it is. And I'll pray in the spirit for a while and boom, the Lord just, it's, it builds me up and it strengthens. But I'm letting you guys know this is different than the gift of tongues that's mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12 because that was meant for corporate edification. And if it takes place in the church setting, it's meant to be followed by the next gift we're going to talk about, which is the interpretation of tongues. Much of what Paul writes about In 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, he's still talking about being used by God and operating in the gifts of the Spirit to benefit the church. He's just talking about the way to do it. He's just saying you've got to do it in love. Don't do any of these things I just talked about if you're not willing to do it in love. And I'll say this. If If we can't do it in love, we have no right prophesying. If we can't do it in love, we have no right bringing a word of knowledge. If we can't do it in love, we have no right praying for the sick. If, it can't, if it's not done in love, and not just our love, not just our compassion, because I have very limited compassion. I have, a, I, have a, I have a finite measure of mercy. I'm not talking about my mercy. I'm not talking about my compassion or yours. I'm talking about the love of God that wants to see someone free and healed and saved and and wants to see their family whole, wants to see restoration in their home, wants to see marriages strengthened, wants to see men stand tall. Love. He cares about love. And so, and then at the end, I already read the scripture, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 at the end, he's like, love and desire spiritual gifts, but do it in love. I want to read 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. And which I, I want you to know, he's, this isn't an insult. He's not throwing a dagger here. He's not throwing a slam. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself selfish chump he didn't say selfish chump he's talking about the corporate edification he's talking about what takes place in the church service that builds up the whole and doesn't just focus on the part but he who prophesies edifies the church check this out i wish you all what spoke with tongues but even more than that i wish you prophesied for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues Unless, oh, you got to always pay attention to the unless, right? Unless he interprets that the church may receive edification. Once again, let's look at the context. He's talking about the corporate context here. So if a word of tongues comes forth, then we wait for the interpretation. Now, Bible 
early on in 1 Corinthians 12, it says, to one he gives this, and to one he gives that, and to one he gives this, and to one he gives that. So I'm going to let you know what we do here at Impact Talk. If a word in tongues were to come forth, we would just we'd say, all right, let's, let's wait. That's a word in tongues. God's got something to say. Let's just see what the Lord has to say. Let's just be patient for a second. And we'd wait. And if, I mean, it wouldn't take long. I'd probably, probably like 15, 20 seconds, I'd probably look at the person that gave the word in tongues and be like, do you got the interpretation too? Because a lot of times the person who gets the word in tongues also gets the interpretation. But we just hit that pause button for a second to see if someone else gets to be used by the Lord and gets to flow in their gift. And if they don't, I, it's a huge, I mean, I'll, I'll use Joy as a great example. You know, I mean, she has the gift of tongues. She also has, you know, she's operated and I've seen her operate in the gift of the interpretation of tongues. And we've done, ex- Joy, have we done and talked about this exact same thing? Just hit the pause. Let's see if someone else has it. Then I'm going to look at you and do the points. The point's like, you got it? You got it? She's like, yeah, I got it. Interpretation of tongues is defined as this, understanding and expressing the thought or the intent of a message in tongues. And the key words here are the thought or the intent. This explains, it's called the interpretation of tongues, not the translation of tongues. You know the difference between an interpretation and a translation? A translation, if you're at the UN and someone's speaking, there is a, is there an interpreter there or is there a translator there? There's a translator there and they're translating every word. They're translating every word. They're not giving it their spin. They're not conveying the, the general feeling of it. They're given, they're translating every word. An interpretation is, he's saying this. I mean, I, I remember, you know, when, when our kids were babies and Acacia's our oldest. And there's times either, either Jordan or Cadence would be crying about something. We're like, oh, is it your diaper? Oh, it's something. In case you'd be like, no, she wants, she wants more whatever. She wants more carrots. It's like, what? you don't know what she's saying. She's making indecipherable noises. You don't know. And we're like, okay, we'll give her some more carrots. And then she'd be all happy. She translated. So this is why there can be, there can be a word of tongues that comes forth and let's, let's say it's 20 seconds long. And then the interpretation comes forth and the interpretation is the Lord says, do not be afraid, do not fear. I've got you. And it's two seconds long because it's not a what? It's not a translation. It's an interpretation of tongues. It conveys the heart of the message that God wants to say. Does that make sense? So once again, when the gifts are being used, the gifts are being used by people, right? And people have different styles. My style is going to be different than your style. I, be different styles. So in any of the gifts, when people are operating in them, they, they get the freedom to operate in their style. Now, I just want to be honest with you. I'm just going to be like, I, I grew up in the South and, and there's certain things that, I, that as a kid, I'm like, that will never be my style. So angry, angry declaration will never be my style. 
Now, sometimes it's passionate. But if I'm angry about something, I have no business standing up before the church declaring anger. So angry declaration or use of any of the gifts should never be part of our style. And also, this is not my opportunity to shine. This is my opportunity to be used of God to encourage and strengthen His church. So get in there and hit it and quit it. Say what the Lord said and be done. Don't, don't, let's not draw it out. But I'll say this. If God's got something to say, He's got something to declare, will you be willing to be used by God in this way? Thank you for being willing to be used by God in this way. And happy birthday, by the way. Thank you for being willing to be used in this way. Thank you, you guys. There's got to be a willingness to trust God. And I'm telling you right now, and I said it before, um, who, we got a musician, Debbie. <laughs> Sorry. God cares about these things because he cares about his church. And I'm just... I hate the devil winning. I don't even. I don't even care if it's. I don't want him winning a pitch count. I don't want him winning an inning. I. I. I you know. I, I'm not even looking at the final score. I don't want the devil to win an inning. Much less the game. And I'm just telling you right now, the gifts of the spirit, for whatever reason that we took a stigma that they're weird, that they're ungodly, that they're not for now. It's just not true. It's just not true. They're not weird. They are for now, and we still need them. I still need to be equipped. I still need to be built up. I still need to be edified. I was out there. When these prophetic words came forth, I was right here. I was with you. I was part of the church. I was being built up right there with you. And whoever had the faith to step out and be used by the Lord operated in that gift. And I received it as you, as a, as a member of the body of Christ. And I needed that. And it opened up dialogue. I started asking the Lord, Lord, is there anything else? Is there anything else you want to do? And he's like, yeah. And then he gave me that picture of the gifts on the table, opened and appreciated, but not yet put on. So then I responded. I just took it to the next level by started asking God, is there anything else? Lord, do you, do you want to use me? Lord, use me. So as we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, are you willing to be used? Next week, we're going to talk about the gift of faith. Are you willing to believe God for the ridiculous, for the unfathomable. Are you willing to pray for the sick? And I'll even say this. Are you willing to lay hands on this in this COVID era? Are you willing to say, hey, I, I want to I lay my hands on your shoulder if, if you're cool with that. And I want to pray over you because I believe God wants to heal you. Are you willing to do that? The miraculous. I want you to know I've prayed a small handful of times for over dead bodies for them to, to rise from the grave. And, and I've never seen any, I've never been used in that way. That doesn't mean I'll stop. I do know this, I'll never see, I'll never be used with the Lord in helping, in, in raising the dead, seeing the Lord raise the dead and me just being that instrument. I'll never see that if I don't what? Try. I'll never see someone come out of a wheelchair if I don't say, hey, I know who my God is and I want to pray over you. And I'll let you know, I don't, I, I don't know that I like flow in the gift of healing as one of my primaries. It's not one of my go-tos. It's not one of my primaries. But I tell you what, I know who my God is and I know he's given me these gifts and I know it's in the tool shed 
And so if I see someone who needs that tool, man, I'm willing to, to jump in and be used by it. And I'll say this. I do believe all nine of these gifts listed in 1 Corinthians 12, I believe we all have them. We weren't just given gifts. We were given the whole toolbox, that, that $3,000 toolbox that mechanics have. He gave us the whole toolbox and he said, when the time comes for you to use this, I'll, I'll let you know how to use it. The gifts are accessible to every one of us in this church. Every one of us, our littles, our bigs, our youngs, our olds, our males, our females, all of them, they're accessible. The mature in the, in the faith and the brand new baby Christian, if you will, the one who just trusted in the Lord and just has enough audacity to believe that Jesus is who they believe he is and they're willing to step out in faith. I just challenge you. Search your heart and tell the Lord yes. And be honest with him. Lord, it scares the heck out of me. Lord, it makes me nervous. Lord, I don't know exactly how to do it. But Lord, I know who you are. And just have that conversation with the Lord and just be willing. Let's pray.